Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Larry, will you pray for us before we start? Yep. Father, we thank you, God, for yet another opportunity to share openly and honestly and vulnerably about things that impact our our lives and our hearts. And I I, I pray for Pastor Pratt. I I, I know, God, that what he's about to share uh, is going to be tough and it's going to be personal. Um, But Father, you have given him the strength um, not only to go through this trauma, not not only to go through this dark valley, but to come out it uh, with uh, you by his side, strong in his faith. And so I I thank you, God, for his vulnerability, and I thank you, God, for care to change, for providing a safe space um, for Brad to to talk about these things and to share these things. And again, Father, we just ask that uh, those who listen to this, those whose hearts uh, are are being prepared even today before it's even released, uh, Father, we pray, God, that that those people uh, would respond uh, to these words by drawing closer to your son, Jesus. Uh, Father, I thank you, God, for the healing words of your gospel and ask, Lord, that you would continue uh, to show us your strength in difficult times. And may this story be an example of that. We ask all of this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Um, Okay, well, let's just uh, dive right in and say welcome to our listeners. Um, This has been a month of sharing real stories about real people. And these um, stories that we've been sharing aren't fun, sort of tickle your ears stories. These are um, heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching stories. Um, Real life people, not not across the world, but our neighbors sharing stories. And so um, what I would say to the listeners is this is no different. And I want to let the listeners know that we share these stories first to let people know who are listening, that they're not alone, Um, that um, there are people who have walked difficult, dark journeys um, and um, experience difficult, dark things who today can offer hope. And so we bring the stories to say, you're not alone and there is hope. Somehow there's hope. So hold on, hold on, please hold on. There is hope. Um, And so today our guest that we have with us, Brad Long, um, who's a pastor here in Hendricks County um, that I just have such respect for. Um, and Brad, thank you for being willing to come um, in what I believe to be probably the hardest series that we've released to date on our podcast series. And you're part of that. And um, it's out of pain that you're even a part of this. And so I want to honor you um, first for your leadership. Um, but second, for the example that you've brought in the middle of um, what you've experienced, and I know that you're going to share um, and let listeners know, you know, our topic today is about suicide. And it's um, this is one that the it's the ultimate 
form of the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so um, when I talk about suicide, the one thing I say every single time is there's not a redo um, in this um, because of the finality of it. And so there is such a deeper sort of pain when it comes to suicide, um, having you know, I lost my grandmother to suicide and um, a dear friend as well. And so, Brad, I know for you, this has hit home very closely um, in a different way. And so I'm just going to, first of all, say thank you um, for your leadership, honor you in what it is that you're about to share and sharing and let the listeners know you've to listen with caution and to take breaks and to pause, but to listen to hear the hope um, in this message. So Brad, thank you. Um, why don't we just start? I'm just going to give you the floor, trust you to just share sort of what what would you like to share about this and how has this touched home for you? Well, first of all, thanks for allowing me to come on this podcast and to share, um, uh, you know, obviously all of these topics that you're talking about this month are very difficult and difficult to talk about, but if we don't talk about them, we're not helping one another. And so I'm I'm very honored and privileged to be on the on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, our story, my wife and I, um, our story is one uh, obviously that deals with suicide. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, when we're we're having this conversation now, last Saturday was the anniversary of our son's death. Um, by suicide. And um, so he was 19 years old. His name was Trey. Uh, he was the third of our sons. And so I'm not really sharp. I, I don't have a lot of creativity. So we went with Trey because it meant three. <laughs> but we, <laughs> he was our, thir our third son. We named him Trey. So that's about as creative as I get, I guess. But uh, uh, Trey was uh, was a very special young man uh, from, from, from birth. I mean, literally, as soon as his little, as soon as his little character started forming, we could tell that Trey was a very special young man, and, and I mean that because he had uh, one of the most caring hearts of any young person I've ever been around. Uh, Trey is that kid who would give you the shirt off his back uh, without questions. Uh, Trey was that kid who, if he was in a room and someone started to argue, he had to leave. He couldn't even be in the presence of it. He just. He wanted everyone to be happy. He wanted everyone to be joyful. He wanted to help everybody love life and enjoy life. And um, and that's the way he lived. He couldn't play football because he couldn't hit anybody. He was too soft and too caring. Uh, I joke about this, but Trey uh, never really had a lot of girlfriends. He lived in the friend zone because all of the girls loved to have Trey around because he would sit and listen to them and they would share all of their stories with sweet Trey, but they would never date him. <laughs> so that just gives you an idea of the kind of young man he was. He was just the best friend a person could ask for. And Trey loved the Lord. Um, Trey accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior early on in life, and he really lived to uh, to try to honor the Lord and to help others and to lead others to Christ. Um, as a matter of fact, um, the summer that he took his life, um, he he was uh, witnessing to three young uh, three college age students. Um, the day before he took his life, he gave his Bible 
to uh, one of his friends who he was trying to share Christ with and had gone through and highlighted all kinds of uh, passages in the Bible for them. Um, Trey died at 19 years old. Um, I was actually up in Chicago with my oldest son. My wife was at home and we have a a daughter who's eight and a half. Um, and uh, so Trey was 19 and she was five. And uh, it was the first day of school. And uh, it was July the 29th of 2020. It was the first day of school. Mm-hmm. My wife is a teacher. And so she got our daughter up and uh, she wasn't school aged yet. But Trey had decided he was going to take her out for breakfast. He loved his little sister. They were best buddies. And so he was going to take her out to breakfast that morning. And we knew that. And he was prepared for that and excited. And so was she. And uh, my wife got up that morning uh, to get ready for school, put my daughter in the bathtub, could not find our dog. And so we assumed that the dog was maybe in the garage. And when my wife opened the door to the garage, um, she found my son um, uh, dead in the garage. And he had had taken his own life. I don't need to get into the details of that. But but um uh, but but found him found him and so um you know god's sovereign um it's hard to say that when you're going through tragedy but as i look back now um my daughter was in the bathtub she did not see her brother she to this day at eight and a half still doesn't know how he died but just know that he died uh, my parents live about 10 minutes away they were able to come over and get her um my wife wasn't alone uh, at that point in time, April, it's again, God's sovereignty. I was the chaplain for the Plainfield Police Department. And I think every police officer in Plainfield was at my house. Yeah. Um, many of which are solid Christian men who sat with my wife, prayed with my wife, cared for my wife because I was out of town. Yeah. Um, I got the call and it would have it, devastating as it was. I wasn't alone. I was with my oldest son in Chicago. He wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. I was with him. My middle son was down in Evansville with his wife, so he wasn't alone. And my oldest son was uh, engaged, and his fiance had hurt her foot and was staying with a friend, and she wasn't alone. So even in the midst of all of the tragedy, I saw the hand of God in the sense that none of us were alone. When we all got the news, we were with people who loved us. And that's not the case for everybody, probably. But in my situation, I immediately saw God's sovereignty and God's hand in it. As hard as it was, we as a family, God blessed us and allowed us to have someone with us when we when the news uh, was broken to us or in my wife's case, when she saw it. Um, Did you know so, this at the time or is that no. looking back, seeing that? <laughs> that's That's looking back. At the time, you're in the midst of so much shock. Uh, so much, you know, you just, you can't even think straight hardly and you don't know. But as I've had a chance to reflect back in that grief process and that process of all the stages that you go through, uh, and they're all real. I mean, I, I've gone through guilt. Uh, I've gone through anger. I've I've questioned myself as a parent. Uh, I'm a pastor mm-hmm. and I'll never forget sitting out at the gravesite by myself next to his grave going, all right, God, Let's deal. <laughs> is this is this whole is all this stuff real or not? Because mm-hmm. I can't keep going back and getting behind a pulpit if this is all just a story. Right. I got to know if this is real or not. Yeah. And I mean, I've had those moments. I've had you know uh, 
all of those emotions. And I think it's hard for people to understand that that many times those are normal. I mean, that, that that's normal that you'll go through so many different types of emotion. But again, God created us to have emotion. And God has given us emotion. And we have to grieve. We've got to go through that. That's part of the process of healing. Um, and, and so we as a family have embraced that. Um, again, I've, I've mentioned, and you mentioned, I'm a pastor. Pastors don't go get help. Pastors are the ones who help people, right? right? I mean, we're the ones who are supposed to have all the answers. Uh, I am so grateful for Care to Change because I went to Care to Change as a pastor. Mm. My wife has gone to Care to Change. Our daughter has gone to Care to Change. Uh, your organization has been a blessing to my family. None of us have this figured out. Mm. I mean, this is this is not heaven, right? The earth, the earth is not our home, and and we are not promised that it's going to be easy. As a matter of fact, we're promised just the opposite. In Scripture, the Bible tells us: is in this world you will have trouble. Mm. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. We're going to have trouble. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have difficulties in this world. But we have to have that hope that you've talked about. And that hope can only be in Christ. And, and we face trouble. I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our son had battled for about five years, but I thought we were in a good place. I talked to him the night before for about an hour. He seemed great. There were no signs to me that this was going to happen. We we were open as a family, communicating. Uh, he had promised me that if he ever thought about doing it, he was going to let me know. I mean, I I thought we had done everything right. Right. Um, I won't go into this detail, but but you know, something happened in the middle of the night, and um, it crushed him. Mm-hmm. And when it did, he made a very very quick decision. And that's the one thing, April, about suicide that if I could share with anybody who's even thinking about, unfortunately, that first of all, don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there is hope. The hope is in Jesus Christ. You don't have to end things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible promises us that you will never be put in a situation that you can't handle without his help. Now, are you going to be put in situations that you can't handle? Absolutely. We all are. I wasn't able to handle this tragedy. But with Christ's help, I can get through it. And so, yes, you're going to be in situations that you can't handle. But we are promised that Christ can get you through. So don't quit. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. And what my son did was he made a, an emotional, quick decision that's going to have lifelong impact on so many people. Mm-hmm. And he can't think about that in that time. And unfortunately, that's what happens. There's a quick emotional decision. And it hurts people for a long, long time. How do you so, how do you say this now? Like, this is your son, right? This yeah. is your, he's he's your son. Yeah. How do you how do you reconcile? The, you know, as a, even as a pastor, I could hear myself saying, "I'm serving you, Lord." I'm, and this is sort of I don't want to say how you repay, right? But <laughs> how do you how do you say oh god is good and you can get through with god when did did you find yourself mad at him like i think i would be shaking we talked about this a couple of episodes ago like shaking our fist at god like 
why did you let this happen? How do you, did you think that? Oh, absolutely. I, I was mad at my son um, for doing it. <laughs> and I was mad at God. I mean, I've given my life to serve him. Mm-hmm. I have I've been in ministry for over 30 years. I've, I've sacrificed a lot mm-hmm. uh, to be in service to the Lord. And I'm like, this, like you said, is this how I'm going to get repaid? I mean, this is what I get for this, you know? And if, I, if I it's did, right, Christian answer is like, oh, your payment's in heaven. That doesn't, that doesn't hold doesn't water. Help. <laughs> that doesn't help when you're at the gravesite. Right. Um, but I'll tell you this, the Bible tells us, and we have to go back to God's word. This is how I reconcile it. This is how I get through it. We go back to God's word and we we know his truth. We know that Psalm 139, 16, and actually my wife taught me this. My wife found this before I did. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, 16, that God knows the number of days we're going to live even before we live our first one. What my son did took me by surprise. But God has a plan. The Bible tells us that all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good. Mm-hmm. What we experienced was not good. It's awful. Mm-hmm. But God can use it for his good. The Bible tells us to pray continually, be thankful in all circumstances. No. He doesn't say to be thankful for all circumstances. Mm-hmm. I'm not thankful for what happened to us. Mm-hmm. But how can I be thankful in it? Well, right that summer, a month before my son took his own life, he shared his testimony at our church. And I have it on video. Mm. I did my son's funeral. um, And I was going to allow my son to share his own eulogy. Uh, I was going to play his testimony at the end of the funeral. My wife and I debated this because our five-year-old daughter was there. We actually talked to people who care to change about, is this a good decision? Is it not? She's going to see him on the screen and hear him talking and he's in front of her in a casket. What do we do? All of that stuff. Long story short, we decided to do it. We got there that morning. They were playing the video. My wife and I saw it. It was hard um, seeing our son talk about his testimony. And he's right in front of us in a casket. It was brutal. We get to the end of the service, and I said, I want my son to share his own testimony. And I they went to play it, and it wouldn't play. We sat there for what felt like an hour, probably two minutes, and it wouldn't play. Mm. And I'm like, well, there's God's sovereignty. There's God's protection. Our daughter must not have been able to handle it or someone else in the room. Mm. So I got up there, and I said, well, obviously, we're not supposed to play it. So when I get home tonight, I'll put it online. We had 19,000 people view my son's testimony in 24 hours. Oh, my word. Hmm. This is where it gets hard. Mm -hmm. God is so good. Even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of difficult times that we go through, he can be honored. And so how do I reconcile what happened to us? It's not about us. Hmm. It's about us taking what's happened in our life as awful and tragic and horrific as it is, and try to find a way to glorify God through it. This isn't our home. I'm I'm going to die one day as well. I don't, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. But every day that I have here is a blessing from God. And every day I need to use that to glorify God. 
So we have had the opportunity. We never, April, if you would have asked me to sign up to talk to people about this, I would have never done it. But God has put us in this position for a reason. And he now uses us. I can't tell you the number of people my wife and I talk to weekly about suicide now. Um, I don't have the training that you have. But God is bringing people to us. So many people have surrendered their life to Christ through this. And I stop and I think about, I can get a little teeny, just a teeny bit of taste of what God did. God sent his own son, Jesus, to die that we might have life. My son was saved. If God can use that to bring other people to heaven, what a blessing that that is. It's not easy, (laughs) but it's not about us. This whole life is about honoring and glorifying God. And that's how I reconcile it. That's how I have hope. My hope isn't in us. Because we can't control it. And life is going to bring us trouble and tragedy and hardship. None of us have it easy. But the question is, how do we take what's what this world and sin has brought into this world. My son sinned. Mm. The last thing my son did was take his own life. But I believe he's forgiven. I believe he's in heaven. He had surrendered his life to Christ. How do we take the sin that so easily entangles us in our world and the difficulty and the consequences that sin brings and use that for the glory of God? That's the only way I can function. Mm -hmm. If I focused on what happened and the negative effects of that, that still happen even today. My daughter had her first day of school this week and she had to bring up a a thing that shows about who she is. And she filled it with stuff about her brother. Mm, Wow. My daughter wants to hold her breath at night so she can die and go see him in heaven. Mm. And if I focused on this world and what it brought, I would be miserable. I couldn't get through it. But my hope is in Christ. And my hope is that he can take something as tragic and awful as this and use it for his good and for the good of other people. And that's why we're here. That's why I'm doing this show. It is about hope. You're not ever going to be in a situation that God can't provide hope for. What would you say to the person? Because when this happened to you, you had you had a relationship with God. And so in this moment, it's about struggling in that relationship with him, right? What would you say to someone who doesn't know God or doesn't have a history, you know, with God? I know our first guest this month um, shared her story and she didn't know God. And so what would you say to someone listening? Who's like, I don't know God. And if that's what I have to go through, you know, for him, I don't want to, like, what would you say to someone who doesn't know him? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a terrific question. A very honest question. And and I, I honestly would say, well, first of all, just because just knowing God doesn't mean you're going to have to, to go through that. <laughs> um, again, God's not going to give us more than we can't handle without his strength. Without his strength. That's the key, right? That's the key. That's the he key. knew, he knew that he could use us in this or we wouldn't have gone through it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that's what his plan is for us to do is to use it. So I, I don't think that just by by surrendering to God means you're going to have something as tragic as what we have gone through. And I'm not saying we're better than anybody else. I just think that he knew that in the platform that we had and the position I had, I was going to have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And he was going to provide a way for me to do that. I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, but then secondly, I would honestly say for those who don't have a relationship with Christ, I don't know how they have hope. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't know any other way to answer it. I can I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, if it wasn't for Christ, if it wasn't for something bigger than me, mm-hmm. I would not have been able to get through this. So, we so still- to you, it's it's saying when you're desperate for hope, that is the option. That's the only option. I couldn't live in our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still live. We still live in the same home. Saturday morning, on the day of the anniversary of his death, my wife walked out into the garage. Mm-mm. The only way that can happen is if your hope is in something bigger and greater than you. Mm-hmm. I'm a human. I may be a pastor, but I'm a human who sins, who messes up all the time, who has the same emotions as everybody else. I would not have made it through if my hope wasn't in something greater than myself. Because the and reality is that day in every day since you're a dad. I'm a dad. You're a dad. You're a dad. I miss, I miss my son yes. every day. Mm-hmm. Every day I miss him. Yeah. Um, I, I see stuff just like everybody else does. I don't mean I, I'm not I don't I want to be very careful to for our <laughs> listeners. But but when you go through something like that, life looks very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see stuff every day that reminds me of him. I hurt every day. My wife hurts every day. We are not exempt from that. But we go back to our purpose. We go back to the hope. That's what allows us to move forward. How, if do, it you, wasn't- how do you do this? Because, I mean, this isn't something that this is like two it's three years ago it's it's something that it's so how do you do this every day how do you say how how you know what do you do like from a practical standpoint i hear what you believe mm-hmm. um and your foundation of hope what do you actually do every day to live in that yeah um this is going to sound simple but it's really hard when you're hurting and when you're struggling and when you remember the difficulties, all you want to do is focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. We as a society are very, very selfish anyway. And I want to focus on myself. I want to go home and lay in bed and sleep it off. Mm-hmm. I want to go curl up in a ball in a corner and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's the way I feel every every day. I don't want to get up and get going. Um, I think the greatest thing that we can do when we deal with difficulties like this is to turn our eyes outward and to to, imagine if all I did was focus on myself. When you looked at me, all you would see is white. You wouldn't be able to see my pupils. When I turn that out and I focus outward, I look at opportunities where I can help other people. Mm -hmm. 
I have to get on a daily basis. I have to surround myself with opportunities to serve other people. If I don't do that, I'm going to focus on myself and I will be miserable. Yeah. The quickest way to get out of, in my opinion, the depression, the anxiety, whatever it is I'm feeling, that feeling of just wanting to go home and sleep it off all day. Mm-hmm. That that feeling of just sickness in your stomach, that feeling of wanting to curl up in a ball. I will absolutely do that if I don't focus on helping someone else. Mm-hmm. That is the quickest way for me to heal. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I'm honoring most importantly my Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And I'm honoring my son. My son wanted to do nothing more than help other people. Mm. And he did that in his life. And man, every day that I get to do that, yeah, I'm honoring him. I'm using his life and the testimony that he has. I don't like the way it ended. Mm-hmm. But it's all still part of his testimony. Mm-hmm. And I'm using that to try to help other people. Mm-hmm. Without that, I wouldn't have hope. Mm -hmm. I I honestly would probably turn to things that were destructive, Mm -hmm. the things that would hurt me, that would help me just get by my feeling. Mm -hmm. But then I'm not, I'm not honoring the Lord or my son. Mm -hmm. So I have to turn my eyes outward, wow, and just put one step, one foot in front of the other. And there are times that I can't do it. There are times that I, I just, I just go to the graveside. Mm I pull that box out of the shelf, I open it up, and I just bawl like a baby. Mm. I talk to my son, mm-hmm. who's not even in the ground. <laughs> but I do it. I talk to him. I tell him how much I love him. I, I, I talk to the Lord. I ask questions. I, I'm just real. Yeah. I mean, and there are days that I can't do it without that. I, I just have to go out there and sit and and and, and deal with it and hurt. Mm-hmm. And get the pain out. Mm-hmm. But then the next day, I got to get back up and go serve people. Mm-hmm. I can't stay there. Or the focus is on me. And yeah. that's not the way God has designed us. Yeah. We're here to help each other. Yeah. And if I if I don't do that, I'll be miserable. Man, so powerful. I mean, it's so powerful. Um, I just don't even, I don't want to even add, add to it. You know, it's... Um, for our listeners, you're hearing, you know, you're hearing this just a just a real account, uh, an honest account. Um, is it if if someone were so there's two there's two sort of listeners right now the one that's thinking that there isn't hope, and the one who's experienced tragedy, right? Can you say, you know, what what would be your if they don't hear anything else, either either group, the person that's thinking there is no hope, what would you want to say to them? And the person that thinks I've experienced this tragedy, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day. What would you say to them? There's a hymn that says our hope is built on nothing else than Jesus blood and righteousness. Mm-hmm. Our hope has to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And even that's hard. Mm-hmm. Even that is hard to understand at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I do that? What does that look like? How do? Yeah, it's easy for you to say it, 
but you're a pastor. What does that mean? How do I live that out every day? Mm-hmm. Um, it is the truth. It is the answer for those who feel hopeless, for those who uh, who have had tragedy and, and feel hopeless because of their tragedy. I, I'm a, I can tell you, and this is from the guy who was sitting at the graveside ready to quit. Mm-hmm. Who said, okay, is this real or not? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that the only way that we, my wife and I and my family have moved forward is through the grace of, of, of Christ. And if you don't know how to find that hope, and this is not a plug <laughs> for yeah. my church, I won't even tell you where I'm pastoring. Right. <laughs> find someone who can help introduce you to Christ and how to have that hope. Mm-hmm. Also, God gives us people around us to help us. Do not allow your pride. Do not allow. I just preached on this last Sunday. We won't get help because of our pride, because we want to avoid it. If I don't go get help, they can't tell me there's something wrong. So I just don't go. We don't go because of fear, Mm -hmm. because we're going to find out there's something wrong. And that scares us. We don't go because we don't want to be a burden to someone else. Yes. We try to feel good about ourselves and say, I want to be selfless. I don't want to be a burden, so I don't go. God has designed us to help one another. Mm-hmm. I could not have made it through this without care to change, without my friends, my family, my church family, and my relationship with the Lord. Hope is there, and hope is in relationships. If you try to do this on your own, you're going to have a really hard time finding hope. Yeah. Yeah. But when you can when you can find a relationship with Christ and a church family that can come around you and support and there's no perfect church by the way. Right, right. It's all full of sinners like me. But when you can find a place that'll come around and help you and when you can find people who will come around and care for you, that's when you can that's when you can unlock hope and use that to help you. Perfect. Perfect. Um, um, I'm going to ask you after um, we get off the call here, what contact information for you we could put in our show notes so that people can um, reach out to you in whatever way um, you feel comfortable giving. So uh, when we when we finish recording here, I'm going to get your whatever contact information you would want to be public um, to be put on sure. Um, in the show notes. So if you're if you're listening and you're like, I, I need to hear more, I want to have a conversation with him, um, we'll put a way to connect with him in our show notes um, for you. Um, Brad, thank you. Um, just thank you uh, just for, for being willing to share, um, just being authentic in um, your journey, um, what you've what you've been through. Um, I remember coming and speaking at your church about this suicide prevention, not long after Right. <laughs> thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Like even thinking I, I can't even stand up here and do this. And it, and your daughter was there. I remember and your wife and just thinking, Oh, and you guys are so gracious. Um, and, um, really do have a heart and are using this in a way that's so honoring of your son and, and of the Lord. And, Wow, I I just don't even know, you know, like I I can't say sitting there I would be able to to walk that journey the way you have, and so thank you for your willingness to be on 
for sharing. I know it opens it way back up again because you're kind of walking it again. Um, how will you, after we get off this call, how will you take care of yourself now that we've sort of like brought it all to your memory again? What do you do in this moment when it's in the forefront to take care of you? It's a great question. I actually have two counseling sessions this afternoon with people who are dealing with difficult things in their life. And so I'm going to go right back into work mode. Uh, I've got to go try to help other people. Um, that will help me. Um, but then also, uh, I, my wife has been praying for me. People have been praying for me during this podcast. And uh, I'm going to talk. I'm going to go home and my wife's going to say, how did you do it? How do you feel? How was that? I don't know. <laughs> and, and I'm going to talk to people the same thing that I just mentioned, I need as well. I need family and friends. And and um, and if it's really bad, I'll come back and see people that care to change. I can't thank you guys enough for what you do because there's not one of us who's exempt from this right. in this world. And, and so whatever it takes to allow me to be healthy, that I can help other people. Uh, and if that means going to get counseling myself, that's exactly what I'll do because I want to help other people through through the tragedies that they experience. So, so I'll talk about it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate you. Um, listeners, um, thank you for listening in. Well, again, we'll put information in that line. If you're struggling, we'll put a hotline number in that as well. Um, so it doesn't have to be care to change. It doesn't have to be Brad. It can be uh, someone else, but we'll give you options in our show notes as well so that you can pass that information along um, we hope that you'll join us next week. We're going to talk about burnout, compassion fatigue, um, what to do when you're experiencing burnout or to prevent that um, as we close out the, the series for the month. Brad, thank you. And I hope to see you soon. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.